0: Peace be upon you. So in the last episode, we discussed the physical impossibility of describing an event in a different dimension, that we literally lack the vocabulary and the senses to be able to properly articulate such an event. Now, one of the verses that slipped my mind uh, when discussing this is Surah 53, when Muhammad is summoned to the high heaven. And I was thinking at the beginning, I was like, oh man, it's a shame that I didn't get to incorporate that. And I realized that this is a topic all upon itself that we can utilize the information from the last episode to better understand this. And this has to do with a question that comes up among believers in context to the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And the question is, where exactly is the Al-Aqsa Mosque? So for those who aren't familiar, Surah 17, verse 1, it reads, Most glorified is the one who summoned his servant, Muhammad, during the night from the sacred masjid of Mecca to the masjid al-Aqsa, whose surroundings we have blessed in order to show him some of our signs. He is the hearer, the seer. So the question is, where is this al-Aqsa mosque? Where is it? Is it in this world? And if you uh, consult scholars, what they'll tell you is they'll reference you to hadith that say that this is the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem uh, that is in the location where Solomon's temple was. Uh, And in 621, Muhammad, he traveled on the back of a winged baby horse, uh, apparently it was white, a beast, uh, called Burak. Uh, Burak comes from the uh, Arabic Barak, which means the lightning, uh, to Masjid Al-Aqsa. And uh, from there, he was summoned to the high heaven where he was uh, given the Quran. And this is their understanding. Now, there's numerous issues with this. Uh, One of the ones is just historically is the Al-Aqsa Mosque uh, didn't exist at the time of 621. It was actually built in 705. So this was almost a hundred year delta between when this event supposedly, according to Hadith, took place and when this mosque was built. But in addition, it doesn't even make sense that he was taken to uh, Jerusalem and then taken to the, uh, the high heaven um, in the context of the verses of the Quran. And to understand where the Al-Aqsa Mosque is, it helps to realize what does this word mean, uh, Masjid Al-Aqsa. So this expression, Masjid Al-Aqsa, can be broken down to two words, Masjid, which typically is translated as Mosque, and Al-Aqsa. So masjid, the literal meaning of masjid, it means a place of prostration. Sajda means to prostrate. And when you add the meme as a suffix to it, you're indicating that it's a place of prostration. So when it says that he's summoned to the masjid, it just means the place of prostration. Al-Aqsa comes from the word Qasa. Qasa means something that's far away. And when you add the alif with the hamza on top of it, what you're signifying is that this is the farthest location. So the literal translation of Masjid al-Aqsa is the farthest place of prostration. So knowing that, we have to ask ourselves, where in the, not even the world, where in the universe is the furthest place of prostration? Because prostration is not limited to this world. We read in Surah 41, verse 37, it says, Among his proofs are the night and day and the sun and the moon. Do not prostrate before the sun nor the moon. You shall fall prostrate before the God who created them if you truly worship him alone. So God is telling us that everything is prostrating to God and all our prostration should be dedicated to God alone. In Surah 16, verse 49, it says, To God prostrates everything in the heavens and the earth every creature, and so do the angels without the least arrogance. So in this verse, it's saying everything in the heavens and the earth. And then we read 22.18. It says, do you not realize that the God prostrates everyone in the heavens and the earth, and the sun and the moon, and the stars and the mountains, and the trees and the animals, and many people. So God is informing us that not only do all the creatures on earth prostrate before God, but that the sun the moon the stars and everyone in the heavens every heavenly body is prostrating before god so to say that al-aqsa mas the farthest place of prostration is in jerusalem doesn't make sense and it continues notice that it uses the term heavens so in the quran god created seven heavens now a lot of people make the misconception of thinking this has to do with the atmosphere But these heavens are in reference to the universes, that God created seven universes. And the reason that it's seven universes and not just heavens as in the atmosphere and the sky is from 41.12 where God is informing us that each one of these universes has its own physical laws, its own laws of physics. It reads, thus he completed the seven universes in two days and set up the laws for every universe. And we adorn the lowest universe with lamps and place guards around it. Such is the design of the Almighty, the omniscient. So this is indicating that this isn't just in reference to the atmosphere when it says everyone in the heavens and the earth uh, prostrates before God. That this is talking about the seven universes. Uh, Again, in 229, it reads, He is the one who created for you everything on earth. And he turned to the sky and perfected seven universes. He is fully aware of all things. So above us is seven universes, and God tells us in the following verses that he created these in layers. In Surah 67, verse 3, it reads, he created the seven universes in layers, uh, stacked." so in essence stacked on top of each other. You do not see any imperfection in the creation by the most gracious. Keep looking, do you see any flaw? In Surah 71, uh, verse 15, it says, do you not realize that God created seven universes in layers? So these universes are layered on top of one another, meaning that if we are in the innermost universe, that that would be considered the seventh universe, that each universe is progressively bigger than the one before it, that the furthest universe would be the first universe, and that would be the one that would be closest to God. So now that we know that the furthest place of prostration would be somewhere in the first universe that would be the closest to God, It's worth contemplating if the furthest place of prostration is where you are right now. The closest place to prostration to God would be when you are as close as physically possible to God. And this is what we see occurs in Surah 53 when God summoned Muhammad to the high heaven to place the Quran into his heart. And this is where the Al-Aqsa Mosque resides. It is not in this world. The traditional Muslims, they have decoupled these two events. Uh, They say that first he was summoned to Jerusalem, then he was summoned to the high heaven. And we realize that this is not correct, that he was summoned directly to the high heaven, that he traveled faster than the speed of light, that he entered into a universe that we lack the physical words to articulate. And this is when he became, Prophet Muhammad became as close as possible to God And God revealed the Quran to his heart. In Surah 53, verse 1 through 17, we read, as the stars fell away, you know, have you ever watched Star Trek? They go into a a hyperdrive or hypermode or whatever, and you see all the stars moving away. This is what happened to the soul of the prophet. He traveled faster than the speed of light. It reads, uh, continues in uh, verse 2, it says, your friend Muhammad was not astray, nor was he deceived, nor was he speaking out of personal desire. It was divine inspiration dictated by the most powerful possessor of all authority from the highest height. This is the the point. This is the highest an individual can get until they reach the first uh, universe. At the highest horizon, he, God, drew near by moving down until he, God, became as close as possible. God is informing us. This is as close as possible that Muhammad could have gotten to God. This signifies that this is the furthest place of prostration from where Muhammad was when he was summoned. And this is the true Al-Aqsa Mosque, the furthest possible place of prostration. Because it would not be physically possible to get any closer to God. And it continues in verse 10. It says, He then revealed to his servant what was to be revealed. The mind never made up what it saw. Are you doubting what he saw? In the last episode, we discussed the physical impossibility of describing something in a different dimension. Something that we lack the vocabulary or the senses to be able to properly articulate in this world. Prophet Muhammad was taken to the first universe became as close as possible his eyes could not understand what it is that he's seeing his mind could not understand what is it that he's uh happening and it continues it says he saw him in another descent i understand this to think it's almost like he's in another dimension and it says at the ultimate point where the eternal paradise is located god took prophet muhammad to the point of comprehension where his mind could still grasp the reality of the event. Because if he was taken any further, his mind, his heart would not be able to handle it. So he was taken to that ultimate point where the eternal paradise was located. Now let's contrast this with Surah 17, verse 1 again. It says, Most glorified is the one who summoned his servant Muhammad during the night from the sacred masjid of Mecca, to the farthest place of prostration whose surroundings we have blessed in order to show him some of our signs he is the hear, the seer now does this sound more like jerusalem or does this sound like the eternal paradise and notice that it says he saw show him some of our signs and uh, that the surroundings we have blessed and we're going to read the last verses of this section In regards to Surah 53 and the summoning of Muhammad to the high heaven, starting from verse uh, 16, it says, The whole place was overwhelmed. The eyes did not waver nor go blind. He saw great signs of his Lord. Exactly what was written in Surah 17, verse 1. So these were not two separate events. This was one event. This was the event by which God revealed the Quran to the heart of the Prophet And it's all there in the Quran for us to understand. Uh, And it shows, again, just the absurdity that's in this Hadith that completely contradict the Quran, that provide narratives that go against what we read in the Quran. And if we just open up our eyes and we look at what's written there, all the information we need is already placed inside the Quran for those who trust in God. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at QuranTalk at gmail.com. If you guys want to follow along in the uh, Arabic of the Quran, please download the iOS uh, Quran Study app on the iOS app store or go to QuranStudyApp.com where you can see a word-for-word literal breakdown of every single verse. So this way, if someone is telling you that, hey, the verse says this or that, you can check every single word within the, uh, the the verse, see how it's used throughout the entire Quran, uh, understand what the root word is, what the derivative meanings of the roots are, and be able to understand for yourself the awe-inspiring message of the Quran. And if you like the podcast, please share it with others, leave us a review, and uh, until next time, peace and God bless.